0: Hello and welcome to Bisquick. I'm Corey. I'm Julie. And on today's show we have David Wood. He is the founder and creator of Focus.ceo. He was an actuary actuary, let's try that again for Fortune One Hundred Companies. He built a um, what was that? I should have written that down. A number one, um, like the largest coaching business and was number one on Google for life coaching. He's all about business and life coaching. And today we're going to talk to him about getting uncomfortable, about doing, um, not playing it safe. Because as entrepreneurs and um, business owners, we've had this conversation a couple times, but it'll be uh, interesting to talk to him because that's what he's all about is just getting out of your comfort zone.
1: Yeah, he also talks a lot about... Um, shiny object syndrome and how people suffer from that and how when you've got a lot of great ideas and strategies that you want to work on you become scattered and overwhelmed and you don't execute on any of them with excellence and I feel like the timing on that is really good considering the conversation that we just had this morning about me being scattered and overwhelmed and all over the place and not really focusing, doing anything well. So the this is not, and that's purely coincidental that we're going to have this conversation today with him.
0: And that's something that everybody kind of falls prey to. Is Not
1: everybody.
0: Everybody falls prey to it. Um, the getting, putting too much on your plate. Um, getting, um, you know, just it's one of those things where it, it's, you add one little thing, you add one little thing, and then, you know, the next thing you know, it's just you're, you've are you got a ton of things going on. Um, and you need to be able to stop and ask for help, but it's also just stop and kind of prioritize what's going on to understand what, you know, with that shiny object syndrome, what is the, um, what's the most important thing that you need to do right now?
1: Yeah, well, I kind of think that the shiny object syndrome is in many cases when you're a smaller business or solopreneur, entrepreneur, which is a few, few employees, um, shiny object syndrome can be, can represent, um, almost like a desperation move where you're really like trying to pull every lever. And so you're just trying to do everything you possibly can to find ways to fix revenue problems or fix customer problems or whatever, whatever that prop, that area is where there's problems, right? So it's not a, um, to me, shiny, and I'll be curious what David has to say about this shiny object syndrome is representative of a different problem that's happening inside of the business. And it's just sort of the, it's the symptom for what you're trying to actually
0: cure. And that's, uh, cause like when I think shiny object syndrome, it's not so much the, like you're at the point of desperation where you're trying to pull every lever. It's, you don't stay focused on one thing over another because you like, like you've done X, Y, or Z. And instead of doing it better, you want to do the next more interesting thing because we've talked about how boring it is to build a successful business. It's consistency. Right. Um, and you know like if you don't do that consistent stuff you'll never really grow it's not that you'll be unsuccessful it's that you'll never really grow to where you you know you may you might want to be
1: right yeah it's hard to it's it's almost impossible to grow without consistency and um day in and day out right so absolutely it's boring um it's interesting how we have such different views on shiny object syndrome and and what what it is um you know, it's kind of, in many ways it, it could just be as simple as you just really want to do the trendy things, but it could also be you know something much more nefarious than than that. Really, depending on uh, what you know what you're trying to accomplish.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I just I, whenever I hear shiny object, I just think of uh, people who who are always just willing to buy whatever the latest, brightest, flashiest thing is. Um, whether they need it or not. And, you know, there's a lot of things, like, in business where uh, somebody pitches you a new product, a new idea, a new service, and you're like, oh, that sounds cool. I want to implement this. And Like, is there a reason? Like, you need to perform that, that ROI on, like, does it make sense to purchase whatever that is? Like, are you going to actually use it, or is it going to be, like, a toy that you put in the back of your closet and never look at it again?
1: yeah. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's a good way to, that's a, that's a good way to, to um, explain it and summarize it. So um, he, you know, helps, David helps people focus on really their strategy, I think, and then on ex- execution, getting very good at that. Um, and that's, you know, one of the things that this will be, it'll be an interesting conversation for us because that is, you know, one of the things he's got experience with some really, really big businesses. And I know we, we, you know, take it to a much smaller level with small businesses, but helping them kind of get out of that, you know, chaotic mess that trying to execute on too many things can mean and move into something that's more strategic so that they can, um, have better, better results. And it also reminds me of, you know, what, um, our friend Kelly Keene always says, get really good at one thing, prove you can do it, and then move on to the next thing, right? And so it's that, again, it's the consistent, focused effort versus being scattered and all over the place.
0: Yeah, and I and especially for um, new entrepreneurs, starting businesses, that type of stuff, the startups, that, that advice that Kelly gives of, you know, just get really good at one thing is, it's So critical, especially if you're a small business, um, solopreneur, maybe just small team, whatever, like you don't need to do everything. Um, but
1: I want to ask one question though, before we, before we wrap up, what is, so what do you, what do you think is the issue if you have somebody who they launch a new business, right? Like they've got, um, this is my business and, um, you know, they, they launch it and within six months they've, completely change directions. They're either launching a second business or they change the structure of their first business. They're, they're not even really, fo- they might still have that original offering that they went to market with, but it's secondary to everything else that they're doing. Like they're now, they're selling a completely different service or a completely different product, or they've repurposed everything they're doing. Do you think that's a result of not having the patience to see something through. Do you think that's a result of poor competitive analysis? Do you think that's a just a shitty idea um, at the beginning that nobody had the courage to tell them like that's dumb? Like, what do you what do you think causes that?
0: I mean, it can be any of those things. It could be, you know, that because building a business takes a long time. So there's the impatient part. But maybe it was a terrible idea. Maybe they, you know, no, nobody in their network wanted to break their heart and say, "Oh, that sucks," um, you know. And it, it's the or they just get bored with it. Um, you know, I mean, if you look at, we've had this conversation numerous times. Like if you look at our business from day one versus what it was six months later versus to you know what it is today. Very different. We're still focusing, like, on the same thing. We've just kind of, like, instead of, like, pulling a 180, we've just kind of, you know, veered to right, veered to the left, you know, just kind of uh, adjusted course as we went.
1: Degrees of difference.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um, so, you know, on the core level, it's still kind of the same thing, but... Um, where you know it's not like we're selling cars now instead of
1: yeah I don't I don't I know that our our services have changed right when we first launched we thought we were going to be doing all of this stuff for for um you know pivoting our you know helping helping small business owners and entrepreneurs pivot because of the pandemic and that we didn't really do a lot of that right so it took us a while to find our footing but we found our footing and then but I, I feel like we've stayed true to the core values of small business owners, entrepreneurs, helping them to get, you know, have predictable revenue. At the end of the day, that's what we're always working on. How do you get predictable revenue, right? And then we started helping a lot of people launch businesses, but we also, um, but it, we're still true to that core thing. But I've seen a number of people in the last 12 months who have launched a business and are, you know, they were, you know, facing, true, facing north and all of a sudden now they're facing like, southeast and it's like i don't understand what just
0: happened or they've gone onto the z-axis and they're going <laughs> yeah
1: they're at the corner of first and first the nexus of the yes, universe exactly yeah it's just really it's very very weird uh and weird it's not the right word it's actually really frustrating for me to see it happen because i see it um and maybe this is me being you know judgy judgerson over here being you know super you know sit up in my throne i don't have a throne for the by the, for the record but you know sitting on my high horse i also don't have a horse but you get the picture and saying if you just had a little patience to see this through proved you could sell this one thing then you should expand to something else but if you can't even have the patience to sell this excuse my language but what the fuck are you doing expanding into something else now you've got two things you can't sell
0: true and you know, maybe that first thing just wasn't something people needed. So that's a, the reason that we do a competitive analysis and the market research and all of that. But yeah. we okay. have gone long and we should uh, take a break and bring David in here. So we will see you on the other side so many things competing for our attention these days, efficiently acquiring and retaining customers is critical for small businesses. And that's why we launched Certivium, the newest business from the SB Pace team. Certivium is a business created specifically for entrepreneurs who need a hand with customer service, customer engagement, and social media management. We are an affordable option that any small business looking to grow needs to help maintain the most important part of their business, their customers. Find out if Certivium is right for your business at Certivium.com. Welcome back to the show, everybody, and we've got some fun news for you again. We just got stood up again by a guest.
1: That do you one,
0: think, do that you think it's you, you or me? <laughs> yeah, well, first of all, Julie loves the buttons on this, this roadcaster. We don't use them enough, so that, that sad trombone was for you. Thank
1: you. Yes. I, I, I. Thank you for giving so generously. You're welcome.
0: <laughs> um. Yeah. I, Yeah, I have no idea um, why. It's not us. It's, uh, I I feel like.
1: I mean, we have the number 18 rated small business podcast in the universe. That's correct.
0: And because this is recorded remotely, they can't smell us. So it doesn't have anything to do with that. Um,
1: Is it time for me to shower?
0: I don't know. But (laughs) uh, (laughs) the, um, yeah, so David's not going to show or didn't show, which is fine. That's cool. You got this? We're We're professionals, Corey. Professionals. And and one of the things that we were going to talk about with David, and I think it'll be a fun topic for us because I think
1: we have different definitions of the word fun. No, it'll be
0: fun. This will be a fun conversation. All right. And if it it. isn't, I'm trying to prep everybody for it to be a fun conversation. Because if it's not, they're going to stop listening.
1: Oh, okay. Well, so let's make it fun. Let's then. just
0: lie to people, just like a lot of consultants do and coaches do. Oh, so,
1: I know. What's the way what, Let's let first before we cuz I know where we're going.
0: Yes, you do cuz we talked about it before the show.
1: <laughs> yes. Let's talk about just tell me let's both say the most damaging lie that we think coaches consistently say. All right? Like what is that? lie that damages the brand or the concept of all other coaches right because there are some really generic lies that coaches g- coaches give
0: um so in a very general sense yeah uh that's tough to just say kind of one but in a very general sense that they have the um oftentimes the quick fix the solution like they are the like they If you listen to me as your coach or consultant, all of your problems, all of your problems are going to be fixed.
1: Yeah. I love the coaches that say they can, you know, help you get more followers or more revenue or more something, right? Like that's what they're, they're like, I can, you know, if you work with me, I'll get you, you know, more, you know, I can get you 10,000 followers on Instagram or more engagement on social media and it's like what if that's like not even my goal or what if it's just simply not possible
0: yeah the and you also just have those coaches or those consultants whoever those those service providers who are just so desperate for work that regardless of whatever it is that I want or need, they can do it for you. So oh, you, let's yeah. say let's say you're a business coach and I am a business coach. Sure, but we're gonna go with a hypothetical. You're a okay. business coach who uh, only specializes in coaching, and and that's just uh, the basic generic business coaching: accountability, uh, motivation, yeah. uh, whatever. Um, and I say, man, you know what I really need, though? What I think is gonna help my business? I think I need a new website. And then you say, Oh, I can help with that. (laughs) No, you can't.
1: (laughs) I, you know, what I have grown to appreciate over the past couple of um, years, I really appreciate the savvy business owner who can spot and call out bullshit. Right. So when you hear, you know, a coach or a consultant making a pitch, And the business owner is like, just asks enough questions that the coach or consultant starts to stumble over the answers because they can't answer them. And I wonder, first off, it's so fucking unethical that you're trying to sell something you can't actually do. But second, like, let's say you did sell it.
0: How are you going to deliver it? Doesn't matter. Got your money.
1: Ah, man.
0: And that, folks, is why you always pay with a credit card. So you can charge back. If, yeah, you can dispute that if they don't deliver on what they say they're supposed to do.
1: Yes, yes. Always deliver with a credit card and ask lots of questions. So, all right, now let's so dive into the let's topic. Let's
0: dive into it. And because David sh- didn't show, I'm going to shit all over him. Um, so <laughs> you can't do that. Sure I can.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a lesson to all you people who are planning on coming on our show. Make sure you show up
0: so i'm I'm gonna read this came exactly so we get we found him on podmatch which we is did. one of the which is a great service we love, love, love podmatch we love
1: Alex um yeah. yes
0: but occasionally you know not everything's a home run and so um act but off so for those of you out there who aren't familiar with uh podmatch it's a kind of it's like online dating for podcasts. You, yep. can, you're, you go on, I'm looking for guests, or I want to be a guest, and you get connected with people. It's, it's a great service. Um, and you get to look at their profile. And the last thing that was on his profile that I copied over for our notes, it says that he coaches high-performing business owners to double revenue and their time off by focusing on less and being 30% more courageous in their business or career. There's so many questions. Two things in there that, which are fact based numbers that he has stated, which I would love to have him on right now so we could debate how he can, first of all, measure how am I 30% more courageous, Julie? (laughs) How do I measure my courage?
1: (laughs) I, 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 well, listen, you have taught me well that anything can be measured. But that is a very fuzzy number.
0: It's a very fuzzy number, first of all. Second of all, why would you measure it? Um, Third, the amount of time and effort that would go into accurately measuring my courage is not worth the amount of time. Like, the output is not worth the input. And... I don't know, like, if he's got a courage meter, a courage <laughs> courageometer that he uses to, um, to, to to with the clients he works with to say, all right, cool. On average, everybody's about thirty percent, but like, I mean, yeah, we could, I could get into it, and I'm sure I could probably explain to you how you can measure your courage level, but again, not worth it.
1: It's an interesting concept, and. I wonder how many people have challenged him on this, but I'm really also interested in, like, double the revenue.
0: That's a pretty bold statement. It's a very bold statement, and it's also hard as a coach or consultant. It's hard to, it's like marketing almost. It's really hard to attribute increase in revenue to the work that you've done as a coach or consultant. Yeah. Now, like it's possible, like, I mean, there, there are certain ways, again, that you can measure it and you can kind of uh, make some assumptions, but there's no way to say that this work that I did got you that extra $50,000 last month. This marketing campaign that I created for you as your marketing expert in your business got you, uh, I, I, there are sp- specific things that can, that can be attributed to it. Like if you're running a, A promo code or something like obviously there's ways that you can track it but by and large marketing it's hard to track that ROI and the money that you're spending on a coach or consultant it is hard to track that ROI yeah, um, because your business has a just in theory might have a natural growth and it could be small one to two percent year over year it could be much larger than that but like is the work that I'm doing is that really like can you can you if, you, if you're all of a sudden up 10% and you were normally trending like 2%, is that extra 8%? Can that really be attributed to me? Or is it a compounding factor of things? Is it something in the environment? Is it something in politics? Is it just trends with consumers? All sorts of stuff have to get factored into that.
1: Right. So I, I was listening. I don't know where I heard this. Probably, I probably read it in a book, you know, because I'm kind of a bookworm, Corey. And it, this was such an interesting concept to me that i had never really thought about before and i don't know that it's intended to be contrarian but um this is what was said and actually i think it might have been in how clients buy you know by our good friends doug fletcher and tom mcmakin um when you are talking about roi right so and i i think back to we were on a sales call a couple of weeks ago with um a friend of ours network someone in our network And I remember the the prospect asking very specifically to, not us, um, to our, you know, our, our, our friend, how are you going, how am I going to know that my bump in, in sales is from the work you're doing versus what I'm already doing, right? And of course, like we never, I don't think we ever got to an answer on the question, but I was just thinking about, um. The, the comment that was made in the in the book was this when somebody asks you about ROI that the very first question that you need to ask is how are you measuring it today right because I think in most instances people aren't even measuring today right so if we you know let's say that I sell wheelbarrows is that how you say that word
0: Sure, you can say it that way.
1: How do you say it? Wheelbarrow? Yep, that's what I meant, wheelbarrows. (laughs) I said wheelbarrow.
0: You did. And I thought maybe barrel, wheelbarrow? No, it's wheelbarrow. Barrow. Barrow.
1: Yeah, wheelbarrow. All right, let's just say I sell them, right?
0: Well, you're already off to a bad start.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I sure am. But I'm, you know, I'm not selling, I'm selling, I'm doing okay, but I want to do better And you know you come in with all these approaches of things that I can do to improve my sales, and you're like, "Hey, I can double your revenue, right?" And I'm like, "Well, how are you? How how am I going to know that it's you that's doubling my revenue?" When you ask me how I'm measuring today, if I can't, if I'm not tracing everything back, then why does it why does it matter?
0: Well, exactly, and and that goes for any change in business and. I don't know if you were setting me up for this, but you know we're gonna talk about process now.
1: Oh gosh, uh, you're so welcome Yes you, yeah, you,
0: <laughs> But if you're changing anything in your business, you have to benchmark where you are right now. So even if you didn't cha- if you didn't measure a single thing in your business prior to today, if you're gonna make a change, you have to measure where you are today. So the point of that being, you don't know how successful or how terrible the change is in the future if you don't know where you are today. So you have to set that benchmark of, and you can you can do a couple of metrics, you can do a thousand metrics, whatever makes sense to you as a, as a business owner. And like I was saying earlier, does the effort in measuring whatever it is that you're measuring, is the output worth the effort that you're putting in? Because if it takes a shit ton of time, and you're not going to do anything with the output, don't do it, don't measure it. So knowing where you're starting you can then kind of guide yourself where you want to go and you can measure against that and you can you can see how well people adopt a process change or adopt new policies you can see where there's pushback you can you can start tracking all of those things to really start attributing the the effect that that change has on your business And you also need to track the outside factors. So in your wheelbarrow business, it's uh, I come in as your as your coach or consultant and I say we're going to change X, Y and Z. And we start seeing this increase in sales and uh, in, you know, a decrease in cost and all these things. And I can say, hey, look, you did what I said and everything's looking good for you now. But you could push back and say, yeah, but the price of steel fell 30%. 30%. That's why my costs went down. It's not because of anything that you did. And the reason that sales are up is because uh, everybody in my geographical area got a um, some sort of financial stimulus benefit, whatever, from the local government to build gardens in their yards. And it, that was not because of you. It's just that they are now incentivized to garden. So everybody needed to buy a wheelbarrow. And had nothing to do with the coaching or consulting, it was all outside factors that that led to your business becoming more successful. So as a business owner, you need to, be able to push back on a consultant and say, you didn't do shit for me or what you did did help. I mean, it, it, it's you don't want to just take their word for it. You want to track it on your own.
1: That's why it's important to have a baseline going into the work. I, in all honesty, I stopped listening through most of what you were saying because you were talking about process. All I heard was "womp womp womp."
0: Yes, exactly. I'm just kidding. You want me to I, play the sad trombone again? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, I I was thinking to myself when you said, "Oh, I don't know if you just teed me up to talk about process." I was like, "That's where we needed the sad trombone, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right <laughs> there." But yeah, so that's I mean a very that was a very good way of explaining to people measuring but also how there's all these other factors that come in and can impact things, right? And so the importance of pushing back is definitely there. I think a lot of people don't know, not a lot of people, but we've encountered more than a few people who don't understand. I don't think they actually know what ROI is.
0: True.
1: So they don't know if they're getting the value.
0: Or they don't know how. If on the the flip side, they don't know how to present ROI. <laughs> yes. Like I mean, because it, it goes both ways. It's I can I can claim that I'm going to double your revenue. That's great. That doesn't mean that you're doubling my profits. It doesn't mean that you're doubling anything other than my revenue. And am I actually getting a return on the amount of money that I'm spending on your services? And if I am getting a return, what is it? Right. Like like what like because there's a everything costs something. So if I spent the time working with you as my coach and consultant and doubled my revenue, what didn't I do in that time that could have tripled my revenue?
1: Well, the other thing too is, you know, people throw that kind of stuff around and this is the kind of stuff that like drives me nuts. Right. So, Hey, I can double your revenue. Well, if I'm not structurally set up for that, if I can't hire the people to support everything that has to happen on the back end, doubling my revenue might actually hurt my business more than it helps my business. And people just look at that, they think revenue is the key to everything, but there's all those under, now i almost sound like you, all those underlying processes that support the business. You need the people, you need to have systems and processes in place. You need to make sure that you're still delivering quality, service or product right and so it's so much more than just saying I can double your revenue if you can't support the customers you've got coming in the door with that revenue then you're hurting the business more than you're helping it and so that's why that whole let me help you grow your sales is such bullshit to me
0: it is because you also have to figure out what that that doubling really like means in relation to what your revenue is right now so let's say you have a Uh, a single, like a solopreneur, they, they're an accountant, they're a lawyer, they provide some sort of service Mm -hmm. and their, their overhead is low and they're living pretty comfortably right now. And they're making $150,000 a year. Mm -hmm. Right. And and let's say that, you know, they uh, expenses, everything all ends 50,000. So they're netting a hundred, you know, $100,000 in their pocket, you know, perfectly acceptable amount to live on, especially if it's just you and, and whatever. And I come in and I say, I can double your revenue. I'm like, Okay, cool. Well, I can probably handle $300,000 in business. It's possible. I might need to hire somebody to help with some admin work or whatever, but that's not a very significant change in the long run versus let's say I have a company and I'm doing 5 million in sales. And you say that you can take me to 10 million. That's a big change.
1: That's, that's a lot
0: of people that need to get hired. That's a lot it's a whole new facility I need to build. There's a yeah. lot of things that go into that. And then when you talk about that ROI, if I'm having to invest a ton of money elsewhere in order to like you said to hit that double like that 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 increase in sales, am I actually making any money off of that or am I just doing a lot more work right now for the same amount of money in my pocket at the end of the
1: right. day? And you know this this I love this conversation because I think you know, people, this is the area that people try and, and sell on and hit on is that, you know, I'll double your revenue or I'll double your profits or whatever it is, right? They're trying to now double your profits is a very different statement than double your revenue, right? Because there's a lot of different levers that you can pull or areas that you can look at. And it means something very different. But what so many people don't understand is the complexities of making changes that big inside of a business and what it means for the business owner and it's just i wish people would stop trying to sell on that and think more holistically and think about how can we best serve this client and that isn't always start with revenue not everything starts and ends with revenue Corey.
0: It doesn't, but that's just that shiny object that everybody loves because it's, if you think about anything, like we, we talk about process or I talk about process. And if you're going to. Now you've
1: got me. It's like a fucking rash. Now I talk about yes. it. Yes.
0: Contagious. And <laughs> yeah, we got it. It's like our, our own pandemic over here. Yes, um,
1: process. We're in the process pandemic. Yes, the
0: um but the like, if we talk about, oh, we need to improve processes or, or what are your critical processes, what's most important, people immediately go to sales. Uh-huh. How can I increase sales? Uh-huh. When that's not necessarily a critical process because you could go a couple of days, a couple of weeks without sales. It's possible that your business can exist for, I mean, the pandemic proved it for everybody, that you could go a long while without sales if you need to. Um, but all of the other things that support sales, that support the business, might be, or probably are, more critical than sales.
1: Yep, we learned that at Performance. Everyone supports sales.
0: Yeah. Um, all right well we got to start wrapping up
1: conversation
0: and it was a good conversation and i want to thank uh david for not showing up so we could have this conversation
1: yeah i don't think we would have gotten as far on this conversation if david had been here so i'm glad he was a no show as well
0: yeah and thank you julie for showing up today and thank you to our listeners as always everything you want to know about us is going to be in the show notes
1: exactly if you want to work with us You can find out everything you want to know at sbpace.com. That includes all of our social media handles. You can access the free content we have. You can see what paid services we have, and you can learn about Certivium. That's our other business.
0: You can also learn about our radio show, Defeat the Chaos, every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. on the Voice America Business Network. And you should go out and download and rate and subscribe and give this podcast a review. Do everything that you can to support this podcast. We appreciate it. Uh, Everything you need to know is on our website.
1: We wrote a book. It's a bestseller. It's called Seriously, Now What? A Small Business Guide to Disaster Preparedness. It comes with a digital download workbook And if you've already purchased it, head back to Amazon and rate and review it. We'd really appreciate it.
0: That's it for today. I'm Corey. I'm Julie. And this was Biz Quick, helping small small business owners become 30% more courageous across America.